Hello guys, thanks for tuning in and listening to the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. I'm Ali Maxwell and opposite me is George Ellick. Now, George, this weekend is international break, which affects our top tier, the championship, but still some games in League One, uh, not too many, a reduced slate and still some being cancelled, Pompey Southend being lost to the international call-ups yesterday, but we've got plenty more in League Two, and so we are still going to put forward a couple of selections, a nap, uh, a next best selection, a bonus selection as normal, and to fill a bit of void where the championship is off, uh, Andy Watson tweeted us, this was a timely question from Andy on Twitter, he said, I'd love to know what George and Ali think on when is a good time to attack the long-term betting markets again, perhaps using performance data as a guide for value, or even where data is misleading the markets. George, it's something we've been told before by people much more shrewd than us. Then Speak for yourself. It's, uh, it's better to wait a few weeks, probably, to, to see what you're working with, that rather than diving in pre-season, although mostly we can't really resist that to some extent. Uh, what about what Andy said? Is this a good time, do you think? Or, or are you looking for a few more weeks? Or have you already gone back in? I'd, I'd say we're getting there. Um, I'd say we're probably now at the start of the sweet spot. A couple of factors to, to remember, I guess, is that squads were only kind of finalised two days ago. So the teams that we saw carrying out the first one or two games, where which is still taking up a massive part of that small sample size, those squads may have changed massively. Um, you're looking at key signings made in the last few days of the window. Um, you want to see how they're going to influence the teams. And also, because it's such a small amount of games, five or six games, it's very likely that a, lot, a few teams would have had much easier fixtures. And therefore, looking, for example, at League One, where you've got Wickham currently projecting as one of the best attacking teams in League One, you have to question whether that is um, just a bit of an anomaly. I mean, I'm sure they are very good, but whether they're going to maintain that level of form throughout the season when they come up against tougher teams. Um, I'm not necessarily so sure. So I think there are probably inefficiencies in the market. Um, we're going to be talking about them later on in the, in the podcast. Uh, but I, I'd say the the real time to get your... You know, there are going to be, I guess it's kind of horses for courses, where there are going to be some that right now are the, are the optimum price where you want to get on and there are going to be some that in a few weeks are going to be there. But um, now is the time, I guess, that the real research into what we've already seen can uh, can get underway. Yeah, it's almost at odds with what we do, uh, both on the betting show each week, but also on the Monday pod, reacting to what happens on the weekend. We do have to keep reminding ourselves that it is still early in the season. Uh, and in terms of, of punting, in terms of data, a lot of small sample sizes still. So especially with the XG stuff, you're starting to see some, some trends. But at this stage, you cannot put too much into it uh, in the long term. Game state can have a huge effect on things when there aren't many games of data uh, to look back on. And, I love uh, that. Games of data, not games of football. Games of data. Games of data. Jesus, what have you done to me? <laughs> just quickly on Wickham, did you like have a minute the other day on Monday or Tuesday where you just suddenly got quite excited about Wickham or suddenly thought to yourself are they are they better than and, than we thought and then because you just, tweeted being like are Wickham good I, I was, don't know maybe I'm not I sure I was just on are the train ha- having a think about it and thinking about their squads and I think for the first time in a long time with Wickham they've got a lot of options different ways of playing different personnel they can you know bring their wide men on who they brought in whether it's um, Aaron's who came in very late or you've got on your who they brought in as well or they've got, you know, they can still bring on Akinfen with 20 minutes to go, as we saw against Southend, who set up the uh, the third goal. Um, or they can, 
lump it long as, as they have done in the past. So I think it was more of a case of the squad seems to have developed. They've started the season very well, but you know, tempering expectations a little bit because it's 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 a couple of games and, and they were right down in most people's um, prediction tables at the beginning of the season. So uh, we'll see. And also Gareth Ainsworth, I think if, if it's one of those frustrating ones where if you were to jump on the Wigan bandwagon, it wouldn't be a massive shock if it continued that he wouldn't be there anymore in January, and that's when you're going to be ruining the day that you uh, that you got involved. So well, potentially an issue because we are going to give a couple of uh, uh, on, off the back of Andy's questions a couple of things that we have flagged up in this sort of outright market or the season markets. Um, but uh, yeah, a similar thing when I was looking through looking at Lincoln, where you know you, you, you see Danny Cowley being linked to all these jobs. You sort of hope and think that he might be wanting to stick it out for the long haul at Lincoln. You certainly wouldn't begrudge him a move. But ultimately, punting, it's almost impossible to punt Lincoln, even if you think they've started really well, even if you think they're all set up for a promotion push under Cowley, because it's it's definitely not out of the question that in a few months' time, Cowley leaves. And you know we saw with Luton last year, it's not impossible that a team could maintain uh, a level uh, after a, uh, an important manager leaves but you know it, it, it does have such a big impact in a more general sense um look let's leave the outrights till the end of the podcast so wait till the end guys if you want to hear what we've picked out in terms of season long bets at this early stage of the season wait till the end anyway i'd say you know yeah. you should always wait to the end well li- yeah don't want to see any of those graphs dropping off when we look at retention on the podcast we see a, a cliff edge with about five minutes to go yeah we see you guys that drop out halfway through and frankly it upsets us if we could block you we wouldn't <laughs> but anyway but look I, i'm actually going to do my nap first because it kind of exactly links into what we've just been talking about both winkham winkham both i've, I've tried it's to, early i've tried to mix wickham you've already, had, you've already had a pt session this morning so i don't think you can get away with saying winkham health is wealth mate um, uh, Wickham and Lincoln is is uh, the game that sees my nap. And before we get into our selections, just a reminder to those listening that gambling is for over 18s only and it comes with risks and substantial risks. So if you don't know the risks and you need to find out more about the risks, then begambleaware.org is the website that can give you a good overview of the risks surrounding gambling. We just want to add that we just want no one to bet more than they can afford to lose. That should always be your, your starting point if you feel the need to to have a little bet this weekend. Um, my nap comes from Wickham and Lincoln. Uh, I'm still struggling to say that uh, this early in the morning. And I'm going a bit different because both of our naps lost last week and I really want to get back to winning ways. I'm actually going for a both teams to score yes uh, at 1.9 in this Wickham and Lincoln game. I'm going to be there on Saturday, so I might be able to give you more of an idea just picking up on things that you see live that you might miss not watching live uh, of, of whether Wickham or Lincoln are indeed a, a, a goer for a challenge at the top end of the division. Um, but in this game, I just think they're both going to score. Um, they're currently first and third for total shots in the league. Wickham having taken the most shots, Lincoln the third most shots. They're second and fifth for shots on target as well. So it's not a case that they're just absolutely launching them from all angles. Um, they are getting their shots on target, but defensively, Lincoln have faced the. Lincoln. This is a disaster. <laughs> Who 
Do you know what? Ever since Dave Jones did that podcast, Winkham. I've been rattled. Winkum and Lickum. Absolutely rattled. This is embarrassing. Look, uh, Lincoln have faced the seventh most shots and Wickham have faced the tenth most shots. So uh, as well as being teams who are, who are bombarding the opposition goal, neither of them particularly restrictive uh, at the back as well. So that coupled with a lot of quality on show, you talked about Wickham adding technical quality and pace to their front line as well as that threat that there there's always been aerially Akin Fenwa the, the forefront of that Lincoln you could probably say the same about uh, in the sense that we know that they have the the direct way of playing but watching them this season they've tried to add a more of a threat on the counter-attack and b more of a threat in breaking teams down that, that play a low block so I'm looking forward to being at Adams Park this weekend I'm going to be with the quest lot uh, I'm very much behind the scenes this weekend in a, in a producer role. But uh, if anyone wants to come say hi, just let me know. And hopefully uh, we can find a time to to come and chat about the game. George, what's your best right. bet in the EFL? I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to... What? What were you going to say? I was going to say... I was going to tell you going to be nice. No, I wasn't. I was going to say I'm looking forward to when, you know, on Soccer Saturday in 10 years when you're hosting, when it's Winkum Lickum... Winkum... <laughs> Winkum... Winkum Lickum. Yeah. We can then tell that story. But... Um, God, that'd be a great but, story. But then, on the, I mean, whilst we're slagging you off for your, you know, lack of eloquence, it's worth pointing out when we were on Sky Sports News last week, or earlier this week, I should say, and we knew we were talking about Berry, and we were both quite, you know, because it's quite a big thing talking about such a difficult situation live on, on national TV. And you kind of admitted beforehand that you were a bit nervous about what you were going to say. And then you had this kind of three minute monologue, which was just unbelievably well delivered and so, so well spoken and making all the good points. And, I, and as we went off air, as we walked off the set, I said to you, where the hell did that come from? And you looked at me and said, I just blacked out, mate. I don't know, I, I don't know what happened. So <laughs> Maybe we need to put more pressure on ourselves when to, we record the pod. Or just black out for the whole thing. And then we'll see see what happens afterwards. But okay. um, I thought we'd give you due credit. But sorry for you know staunch betting show listeners who aren't used to me going into um, regaling story mode. But mm. there you go. But I'll get back into the betting now. And it's the early game on Saturday, busting one of the stupidest myths in football betting, saying you should never bet on the early game. Um, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, it's the early game, and it's the old MK Dons AFC Wimbledon game. Um, not going to get into any of the emotions that obviously run high in this in this one. They've played each other already this season in the Carabao Cup, ending in a two-all draw um, at AFC. But I mean, Wimbledon, a, a, a club that I've really got down as, as being um, as one that's going to struggle this season in League One. They're yet to win a game in the league this season. They picked up three points, all of which were at home. Um, sorry, just two points, both of which were at home against Accrington and against Wickham. Um, they're struggling to to keep goals out. They've conceded two goals, I think, in, in five of their um, six games. And uh, for Wally Downs now, given the unbelievable work that he did last season to keep them up, it's worth remembering that come Christmas time, they were basically already down. And so it shouldn't be a massive surprise to see the form dip again without you know any particularly new investment, without a massive squad churn. Um, and it was always looked data-wise like they were running pretty hot on those numbers anyway. And they, they were fairly lucky to get out of the sticky spot that they were in. MK Dons have had a very strange season so far. Um, they've absolutely wiped the, wiped the floor with a couple of teams, um, including, uh, well, on opening day, they beat Shrewsbury. In the, um, in the, at home, they beat Lincoln in a very, very good result on midweek. And then went and were, were completely battered by Peterborough on Saturday. And I think part of that result was probably down to, I guess either complacency or fatigue after a big Tuesday night win that probably had them have getting ideas slightly above their station. 
Um, they are now kind of lower half of the table, but project very, very well in terms of, of going forward shot data. They've had amongst the highest shots in the league uh, and good chances at that as well. So it, I, I think MK Dons are a team who, despite some patchy form recently, um, will still be one who I reckon will finish kind of top half. Um, and a couple of bad results doesn't really change that opinion at all. And this is a good game, I think, for them to, to get back to winning ways. Um, especially with with a couple of tough, tough fixtures coming afterwards with a trip to Blackpool and then hosting Ipswich. I think it's really important for Paul Tisdale to stop the mini-rot now and, and get three points and the rivalry will only add to that need. Um, again, it's it's one of those where it's a shade better than evens. You're getting 21 to 20 with Coral and, and Black Type. Other firms are odds on and I, and I think it probably should be odds on because um, it would be a, a really tall order for AFC Wimbledon to, to come away with anything from this game based on the pure quality of the teams and what we've seen so far well thank you to Coral and Black Type for that kind prize so our two naps are BTTS yes in Wickham against Lincoln why am I making myself say it again good. Uh, that's at 1.9 with Bet365 your selection MK Dons just over even money uh, with a couple of firms you can obviously find the best price by using odds checker uh, my next best selection is down in League 2 it's Newport County to beat Port Vale, and I'm getting a little bit greedy. I hope this isn't a reaction to last week's uh, poor week, but they are 2.25 to beat Port Vale at home this weekend. Newport, a team we spoke about on Monday, they have 12 points from six games. That's three wins, three draws. But the headline news, I suppose, when it comes to Newport, is that aside from two goals that they conceded against Mansfield, on opening weekend uh, they haven't conceded since then five clean sheets in a row and one of the ways I'm going to boost this selection is by adding under 3.5 goals um, that boosts the price to 2.8 the best price uh, with Coral and Betway and I guess with Newport a well, you know they're a team that I just really like really really fancy um, but they're also a team that in my head are rarely going to blow teams away we spoke on Monday what are their strengths their strengths are in managing games their strengths are in getting ahead in tight games their strengths are in staying ahead in tight games uh, but generally this is not a team that blows away an opponent so the under 3.5 aspect of this is well I think Newport will win I think that they will most likely keep a clean sheet or at the very most concede one goal to a Port Vale side who are fairly goal shy um, 15 of Newport's 20 league wins last season came with the under 3.5 goals uh, they conceded 22 goals in their 23 home games last season uh, and it's two goals conceded both against Mansfield in their three home games this season all three of their wins this season have come under 3.5 goals you're basically asking for a 1-0 2-0 a 3-0 of course or if Port Vale are going to score a goal, you're hoping for that 2-1 scoreline. So um, Port Vale have started fine, I think. Their fixtures, you know, you mentioned the importance of, of seeing who people have played. Their fixtures have been relatively kind. They've beaten Forest Green and Cambridge at home. They've had three draws against current bottom half teams. Uh, and then that big defeat away at Grimsby, uh, which made me think they might struggle with aerial attacks. That Grimsby, of course, along with Newport, probably the, the best in the league when it comes to attacking direct. Uh, and so I'm confident of a Newport win. 
and I'm going a little greedy to put under 3.5 in at 2.8. That's my selection. I would not put anyone off just going with the straight win here, Newport. Uh, that's my next best selection. George. Yes. What's yours? Mine is a tussle between probably the two teams in League Two who have been the biggest disappointments in Mansfield and, and Scunthorpe. Mansfield, um, Bookie's favourites for the title have been really poor, to be honest. Um, haven't carried on the form of last season at all. Um, an inability to to see out leads. Um, you know, the, the anomalous to all draws from the beginning of the season have made way to to defeat um, when I think most people thought it may go the other way and Scunthorpe I mean I, I tipped them on here against Carlisle they had the chances to win that game um, and, and failed to put them away and, and were undone losing 1-0 again um, but again in terms of, of, of the data stuff they're still projecting pretty well they're still having um, going forward at least they're creating a lot of chances and um, I think just the 7-2 to two about Scunthorpe is, is a little bit too, I mean, it's just a bit of an overreaction here. Um, Mansfield, I don't think the way they're playing, and, and I think given the the doubts around the inexperience of the manager, um, I wouldn't be backing them at odds on against anyone in the league. And, and I still think that Scunthorpe are going to turn this around under Paulhurst. Yeah, the, the signs are there that this isn't going to continue. They're not going to be on one point for, for in, in a couple of weeks' time. And this looks like an opportunity to me to, to take on another team who are pretty devoid of confidence and, and try and finally put some of these chances away. It's pretty speculative. It's a seven to two shot. Um, the last couple of weeks, I think I've landed two, three to one shots. So some precedence there. So see if we can we can do it again. Um, and I think I'll just, as long as as long as Hurst is there and there's, and there's signs that they are creating chances, I'm basically going to be backing, backing Scunthorpe pretty much blind every week. There we go. Yep, my bonus bet is a centre-back first goal scorer pick. We keep the faith with these. Haven't had any joy thus far, but when you're picking 50, 60, 40, 33 to one shots, you do have uh, a bit of leash. You just need really one or two, most likely a season to uh, to get ahead of the bookmakers overall. And my selection this week is Tom Dallison, who plays for Crawley Town. And before I get into this, a great time to flag up, George. Probably the best news we've had all year yesterday. Uh, and it came from whoscored.com, uh, who scored a uh, statistics website that has always covered Europe's top leagues and, thankfully for us, the championship as well. During games, they have great live match centres, um, which give you all sorts of, of sort of live updates. They use Opta data, so you know it's coming from uh, a good place. And they've announced that they are covering League 1 and League 2 in the same depth. Now, personally, didn't think this would ever happen. Uh, I'm not particularly sure why, but ever since I've been researching, focusing on the EFL, the suggestion was for League One and League Two data, you would have to pay for it. And even then you're at the mercy of the, the data supplier that you're paying for, whether that's Scout or Instat or something. Uh, and everyone's got sort of slightly different definitions for things, different ways of collecting data. And as well as having to pay for it, that wasn't ideal. Now, who scored is not perfect and it doesn't give you absolutely anything you could ever wish for. But for those who are into betting especially, uh, this is going to be a great resource for, for League One, League Two. And this bet kind of came from that. Um, as you guys know, I do like to try and pick my centre-back first goal scorers. I normally like to pick two or three on a weekend and have little, uh, little doubles and tricksies and that sort of thing. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. I went to League Two. I went to centre-backs and shot statistics. And Dallison is miles ahead of anyone else. Uh, within six games 11 shots overall he's had 
Uh, almost all of them coming from set pieces. Uh, Andy Butler and Eddie Nolan have seven from their six games. They're the, the second most frequent shooters out of the centre-back. So Dallison, um, far and away ahead of anyone at this stage, clearly a big target for Crawley, uh, who are a high-volume shooting team. They're absolutely raining the shots down this season, uh, and that's translated into quite a lot of set-piece opportunities. They've scored from a few set-pieces already, uh, and Dallison is a big threat. They're away at Macclesfield this weekend. Dallison is 50-1, to 1, uh, first goal scorer with Skybet. So, you know, f- for anyone who's having two shots a game or just under, 50-1 to 1 is a very nice price. When you consider that, you know, Crawley are, uh, I think, going to play this game on the front foot and have some opportunities to send balls into the box. Ultimately, you know, I, I know I bang on about it every week, but ultimately with these guys, part of the reason for doing it is you'll always get blokes priced up at 50, 60 to 1, who simply shouldn't be. Um, They're guys who are targets for their team, who are going to have chances, maybe not every week, but will have a lot of chances over the course of the season. So Dallison is on the list, along with Ludwig Oman, who I picked last week, as guys who just shouldn't be this long. Uh, They're getting chances, they will score, and as soon as they score, the bookies will slash that price because they'll see that they've scored Uh, and they won't make it so easy. So my plan is just to be involved on these guys before then. Uh, Dallison at 50-1, to Omen 40-1 to this week with Skybet. O'Brien of Newport as well, 40-1, to another team that we like. So I'll be having some coppers on a a first goal scorer, Trixie, which along with Euro Millions, George, on Friday night could be quite tasty. I didn't realise we were being sponsored by Euro Millions. That's exciting. Well, and who scored? Or who scored, yeah. (laughs) Give us a call, lads. A lot of free advertisements on this podcast today. Um, uh, But yes, uh, Dallison, for the sake of this, is my selection, 50-1 to with Skybet. What's your bonus selection? Yeah, I'm going to do my bonus selection and my first outright together because nice. they're the same team um, it's Fleetwood to beat Oxford to nil at 11 to 4 um, you and I have been to a couple of Oxford games recently um, went to watch Oxford lose 4-2 to Burton Went to watch. I went to watch Oxford draw 3 or with, with Coventry um, in the m- middle of those a 3-1 win at, at Bristol Rovers so you're probably wondering why the t- sorry 3-1 defeat away at Bristol Rovers I've changed it in my mind just to get over the, the disappointment Um why I'm, you know, and Oxford have, have, haven't failed to score yet in a game this season as well. But it's it's mainly kind of team news. Uh, Matt Taylor is out injured for the foreseeable for a couple of weeks. Uh, and Dan Agye, who's come in, won't feature. I mean, if he does, it'll be off the bench. So Jamie Mackey leads the line. And against Coventry, again, it was just so obvious, despite him scoring a fantastic left-footed strike that was probably the one of the least Jamie Mackey finishes he's ever going to see. Um, his role in this squad is very much the batting ram. At Fleetwood last season, Oxford were completely dominated for the first half and Mackey came off the bench and changed the game uh, before they came back to draw two all. But that is his role. And d- despite the you know the, the exciting wing, pl- wing players that Oxford have, um, I-, I still just think that with him leading the line, goals are going to be hard to come by. And it's significant that we had to rely on two um, fans, Katy Darbo, um, own goals in order to, to wrestle the game back to, to three all. Um, and Mackie missed an unbelievably good chance in the first half as well. So I think it's going to be tough for Oxford to score with Mackie up top in, in away games generally, and I think the Fleetwood are a team who are worth keeping an eye on because after a really fast start where they won their first two games um, of the season in the league against AFC Wimbledon and, and Peterborough, they've gone off the boil a bit. There's no denying that. Um, they've won one more game against Accrington at home, which is a pretty regulation home win, um, and then were defeated by, by Lincoln on the road. But I I think there were signs in that Lincoln game that they're still playing pretty well. They're another team who who look to be projecting really well um, XG-wise so far this season. 
And um, I, I just think, like the Accrington game, this could be quite a regulation home win for them. They've got so much quality in their team. Um, I've spoken before about how after a season and a bit, I'm, I'm now, I've seen enough of Barton to know that he's certainly not a bad tactician. He's not a bad manager. I think he's having a positive impact on the club. Um, and the way Oxford will want to play is to control the game in midfield. But with Coots and Rossiter, I don't think that's basically going to be possible because they've got such a, a strong centre midfield. And then with Ashley Hunter creating the chances and then the goal-scoring talents of Chad Evans and, and Paddy Madden. Um, Personnel-wise, I, I still feel like this Fleetwood team is going massively under the radar in terms of quality. Um, whether or not it's fair how they've assembled the squad, let's not really go into that, I guess. But um, uh, because they haven't got the history and the name of Fleetwood doesn't really resonate alongside your Ipswich as your Sunderlands, I still think that they are um, a big force to be reckoned with this season. And, you know, they may not be flying high in the league at the moment, but I think there will be a team who are challenging for promotion as well. So my 11-4 to four for Fleetwood to win to nil is my bonus bet, but also the 20-1 to one on them to, to win League One. Um, I think is really interesting because I think it's a market that I'm very, very happy to take on the favourites with. Um, Sunderland remain favourites, which I just don't think is right. I just don't think you can have a favourites who basically have long periods of games where their fans and, and uh, are just upset with how they're playing with a manager who's perceived to be negative. And, um, you know, they were finally um, handed their backside to them um, last weekend um, which I think has been a long time coming so I, I couldn't back Sunderland at the price they are I couldn't back Portsmouth at the price they are now either um, my pick before the season started um, some serious defensive frailties being shown this season and an inability to hold on to leads um, and just not they haven't been as strong as I hoped Ipswich are the ones who, who could be but at 5-1 to one, there's not much juice there at all and, and I think they've had a fairly easy run of games even the Shrewsbury game the other day after going ahead Shrewsbury had the chances to get back into the game as well so it's a market that interests me because I think the, the favourites are all vulnerable uh, Rotherham are quite an interesting candidate at 12-1 to one as well but I just think that Fleetwood at 20s is, is just a bit um, it, not disrespectful I just don't think it gives them the credit they deserve for either their squad or what they've done so far this season and I think that maybe the performances have been better than the results and uh, now is the time to get on before they beat Oxford but we know that normally when I tip Oxford to lose <laughs> the other thing happens so uh, fingers crossed yeah absolutely uh, just a quick one uh, who scored special you mentioned Paul Coots there in midfield for Fleetwood uh, he averages the most passes per game uh, of any midfield player in League One Jimmy McNulty of Tiki Tackers Rochdale and Harry Suter, who plays for Fleetwood, but as a centre-back, they average just a couple more passes. But Coots is averaging 63.3 passes per game. That in itself is nothing spectacular, uh, but completing 91% of them, which is by far the best uh, in the division. We thought he might be a class act to this level if he could still maintain fitness after a key injury. And it turns out he can maintain fitness and he is a class act at this level. Uh, my outrights they're not quite as exciting as yours I, I i guess i didn't find anything at a double figure price that particularly excited me or, or there was just too much i could sort of pick holes in for, for a lot of teams so i'm, I'm going to go with two shorter options which you can double up or or singles i think a, a half decent value coventry to finish in the top six of league one uh, bet victor a big standout here five to two at the moment 3.5 uh, and i think that is Surprising, certainly, because Coventry at the moment are fourth. Uh, the table is still very young and there's plenty of, of shaking up to do. But um, they're unbeaten. They are not conceding many goals. They look to be a little bit better in terms of creating chances than they were last season, which was something that held them back. In Mark Robbins, they've got a manager that we like a lot. 
uh, in the St Andrews Stadium move, temporary though it is, there was something we thought could derail them. I suppose there's still potential for that to have more of an effect as the season progresses, but early signs are, are positive in, in a performance extent. I'm not sure how the, necessarily the, much the fans are enjoying the, the very fact of playing at, at Birmingham, but we're talking about on pitch and it doesn't seem to be affecting them as much. You've just run through some of the, I guess, the big names, the favourites for League One. Ipswich, Peterborough, Sunderland. You spoke about uh, Fleetwood there, who, who I, you know, I agree with you. I think Rotherham again agreed. I think that they can they can challenge out of the group that that's there at the moment on twelve points: Lincoln, Blackpool, Coventry, Wickham. Uh, we spoke about Lincoln earlier. We don't know Danny Cowley's future. If he leaves, I'll, I'll certainly be waiting and leaving them well alone. And out of the the rest of them, I'm just much more confident. Confident. There you go. Confident in Coventry's sort of uh, longevity here in, in, in terms of comparing them, I guess, to, to Blackpool or to Wickham. So Coventry at 5-2 to two for a top six finish for a playoff berth uh, at minimum. Uh, I'm going to go with a Newport top seven finish. No surprises here. I don't need to say anything else about Newport. Uh, Betfair have got this at 2.2. So um, odds against, and I just think that's wrong. They finished in the playoffs last year. They're much better this year. At the moment, we haven't seen any teams as good or nearly as good frankly as as a Lincoln or as a Mansfield or as an MK Dons or as a Berry from last season so uh, to my eyes a weaker league at the top end uh, and Newport looking very strong so the double there you're getting 6.6 in decimals uh, about 11 to 2 uh, that's Coventry top 6 finish with Bet Victor Newport top 7 finish best prices Betfair uh, there we go that was a, a nice betting show. I've got one. I've got one more to come. Oh, you've thanks. got one more to come. Yeah, my league two. I mean, this is a speculative punt. Uh, it's a forty to one shot where I spoke earlier on in the podcast about you know looking for reasons why the data might be anomalous. But let's just assume for a second that maybe Crawley are brilliant. Let's just I mean, maybe they are just great. Maybe Gabriel Chioffi is a genius, and you know the disservice that we've done him, or at least I've done him over the last year, is grossly unfair. And over the summer, he's built a team who. He's drilled well to be to be really good because they are flying high in the data side of things. They're flying high in the league as well um, with some really good results. They, they obviously got that dramatic win um, against Leighton Orient when they came back from behind and won 3-2. They've got a very, very late winner against Cheltenham uh, last weekend. And they've also seen off Salford. So they've gone to Scunthorpe and picked up a point. And I just think that they are just totally transformed from the team that we saw last season. Um, Labala's influence is quite clear I mean they, he's brought in a focal point up, up top um, where he basically does everything he takes free kicks he's the main man in the, in the, scoring the goals he's just looks like he might be a bit of a cut above and Choffy's clearly got them playing really well and again it's a league that I don't think looks particularly strong there doesn't seem to me to be a standout candidate at all for promotion um, I agree with you that Newport look, look, look like a solid bet to be right up there but of, of the relegated team Scunthorpe despite me thinking they're going to recover. I mean, they're, they're basically out of it already. Mansfield have been very disappointing last season's um, team who are unlucky to miss out from promotion. Bradford's look fine, but I wouldn't say much better than fine. So um, I think it's pretty open for, for a team like Crawley, if they can get the momentum going and, and keep the run of form up that we're seeing. Um, that 40-1, to 1, given that they're already in the top half, um, kind of I think they're seventh or eighth at the moment, um, yeah, it could look like a massive price. And if you double up Fleetwood and Crawley, if you each way double it, it's like eight hundred and sixty to one with uh, <laughs> with Hills and uh, with Hills and um, Bet three six five. So if that comes off, we'll have an almighty party at the end of the season. Uh, Grimsby are 
Odds against still with some firms to finish in the top half of League Two, 2.3. Yeah, that's big. If you subscribe to the view that, that Grimsby are looking pretty tasty indeed, and if you subscribe to the view that James Hansen is the sort of second coming prototype mix of Andy Carroll and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, then, uh, you, you know, that could be something to look at as well. So uh, there we go with the betting show this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy uh, this weekend uh, across the EFL. Just some games in League One, plenty of games in League Two. Make sure you watch the Quest highlights. We'll be at Wickham uh, this weekend for that game between, and I'm going to say it correctly, Wickham and Lincoln. That's it from us. Uh, please enjoy, please share this podcast if you have enjoyed it, and we'll talk again on Monday. <laughs>